if I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If I, if not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make full use of my rights as a preacher of the gospel. Oh God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us this time of Father. We pray that you bless this uh, reading. We pray that uh, uh, you'd uh, speak to us today through your servant as we sit in your presence, O oh Father. We thank you for this wonderful morning time that you've given to us to come here together uh, to glorify your name and to worship your name, O oh Father, as we've come together as a church, a congregation, and uh, as a family, O oh Father, that is brought together by your love. We pray that as we sit in your presence, you'd speak to us and that you'd uh, help us uh, to get inspired by your word and to love you more honestly and to live by your word, Lord. We thank you for listening to all our prayers. We offer this prayer in your name. Good morning, church. It's a joy to be in the presence of our Lord to remember his sacrifice for us. And uh, as we have heard the reading of his scripture portion, it is my prayer that each of us would sit with an attitude of prayer and we would ask the Lord to speak to our heart and we would examine our own lives in the light of what we study from God's scripture today. If all of you could turn your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Danny had read to us from verse 15 to verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 15 to 18. That is the portion of scripture that uh, we just heard uh, for our reading today. If you remember, the last time we were talking from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 to 14. And if you remember, the topic that we spoke about was as to why full-time workers need to be supported by the local assembly. I hope you remember what we had discussed about. Why do we believe that full-time workers need to be supported by the local assembly? I do pray and I hope that the message that we had heard would have encouraged us to give more for the ministry of the Lord. I do hope and I pray that uh, the message that we had learned would have caused many of us to reach out to various laborers, laborers that are there in the vineyard of the Lord to call them, to ask them how they are doing in their ministry, and also to support them because that is what the Bible clearly teaches us. But I also do hope and I pray that the message that we heard for us full-time workers, especially in Calvary Bible Fellowship, that we would be more committed to the task of the gospel ministry that has been assigned to each and every one of us. That as full-time workers, we would accomplish the gospel ministry as all of us, believers and full-time workers, as we look forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to me very carefully as I make this statement. The gospel ministry is the expression of the divine will that every man should preach the gospel, the good news. I'll say that again. The gospel ministry is the expression of the divine will that every man should preach the gospel or the good news. Now what does it mean to be a minister of the gospel? What does it mean to be in full-time ministry that we often talk about, that we hear people say? How do I know whether I am called for ministry? How do I know what is the criteria to be called for ministry? Is the Lord desiring that I serve Him in ministry along with my work or studies? 
Or is it that the Lord desires that I leave everything and step out into full time? Well, how do I know? How can I be very sure of the calling that the Lord has in my life? Well, Apostle Paul in today's passage will reveal the truths that you and I need to understand in order to grasp the essential qualities that a full-time worker needs. How do we understand or distinguish the calling that the Lord has in our life and how we can make the decision when it comes to full-time ministry? And that is why I've entitled my message this morning as The Blueprint for Full-Time Ministry. Or let me say, The Blueprint for Ministry. So brothers and sisters, as you listen to the word of the Lord today, I want you to examine your own life as I examine my own life, to clarify as to exactly what is it that the Lord desires when it comes to ministry. Is it that the Lord desires for you to serve Him along with your work or your studies? Or is it that there are some of you sitting here that the Lord has a special plan, a special purpose, that He desires for you to let go of everything and step out completely into His full-time ministry? What is the blueprint for the ministry of the Lord? Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, 16, 17, and 18, talks of three important qualities that every minister of the Lord must keep in his mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, 16, 17, and 18, three important qualities that he talks of that should be fulfilled in the life that is the blueprint for anybody who desires a life of full-time ministry. So listen to me carefully and ask the Lord, to examine your life, to speak to your life as to what he's really saying here. Now, before we go forward from verse 16 to 18, there's just one thing that I want to clarify from verse 15, because we didn't look at that verse the last time. Remember how last time I was telling to you about why a full-time worker needs to be supported materially by the local assembly. Do you remember that? We've, we saw clearly from scripture more than six reasons as to why the scripture says every local assembly must support its full-time workers. Apostle Paul also says that because I am a full-time worker, I am worthy that the local churches support me. They take care of my every need. When you keep that in your mind, you look at what he says in verse 15. He says, but, you look at how it begins when he says, but, he's saying, even though I have all these rights, even though I am worthy to receive all of these material blessings, he says in verse 15, but I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. I would rather die than have anyone deprave me of this boast. So you look at what Apostle Paul is trying to say here. He's saying, it is my right. Every local assembly should support, but still, this is not what I depend on. This is not what my calling is. This is not my encouragement for the ministry. I do not step into the ministry of the Lord because I am thinking about the money that will come into my bank or that I do not do the ministry of the Lord so that I will be supported. I know all my needs will be taken care of. He says, I have not used this right. Why? Because there are many people who step into ministry for this explicit sake. Without him even approve, without him even using these rights, many people, people have accused him already of sharing the gospel for momentary gain. And that's the reason why he says, I don't do this. This is not the encouragement I have when I get into ministry. 
And then he goes forward verse 16, 17 and 18 and he talks about three qualities that every servant of the Lord, that every believer also must have in their life. And let me share these three qualities with you and listen very carefully to the, to the teaching of God's word. Number one, the calling that comes from the Lord. The calling that comes from the Lord. Let me read to you verse 16. You look at what Apostle Paul says here. Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. I'm sure the same line appears in your Bible as well in verse 16 where he says, I am compelled to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's not misunderstand what Apostle Paul is saying here. He's not saying, I am forced to preach the gospel. He's not saying that Lord is catching my collar and he's saying, I want you to preach the gospel. But rather he talks about how he was called into full-time ministry. How he was called by the Lord, set apart by the Lord for the full-time ministry. He says, I was compelled by God to go into the ministry. And therefore, the calling of the Lord is very, very important. Every minister of the Lord, those who desire to enter into full-time, those who desire to set your life apart, leaving everything needs to receive an exclusive call that comes from the Lord. Needs to receive a calling that comes from the Lord. Now, if I were to use another phrase, could you turn your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10? Quickly. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, you see there is a beautiful phrase that Jesus himself uses here. You look at uh, Luke chapter 10 and verses 2. He say, The Lord Jesus says, He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So let me say like this, when I talk about the calling, the Lord of the harvest must call out his people into full-time ministry. The Lord of the harvest must call his people into full-time ministry. The reason I say this is because there are certain people today who call God and they step out into full-time ministry and that does not work out. It is the Lord who needs to call. It is the Lord of the harvest who needs to place in the heart of that man, that woman, the burden of the gospel so that they let go of everything and they go out and they share the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the calling of the Lord Jesus can vary from people to people. It can vary from situation to situation. You know, the calling of the Lord, I'm not, ta- I'm not saying that it is exclusively an audible voice that will come from the Lord Jesus Christ. That can happen in the life of many, but that is not the only criteria. Probably through a message that somebody would hear when, they hear, when they hear a message from the word, they would be convicted, they would step out into full-time ministry. Probably it is a situation or a circumstance that the person is going through. And through all of these situations, or probably a direct call from the Lord, or while hearing the word of God, or while you meditate on the word of the Lord, or probably another brother or a sister would come and tell them, through all of these situations, one person, by the work of the Holy Spirit, will be able to understand that the Lord of the harvest has called them into full-time ministry. Now let me tell what, what, let me explain what Apostle Paul is trying to tell over here. He says, I am compelled to preach the gospel. And he's talking about the way he was called. And how was he called? Let me distinguish it for you. You turn to the gospel of Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. You see one particular kind of calling over there. In gospel of Matthew chapter 4, please turn into your Bibles. 
Okay, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. There you see that Peter was minding his own business. He was washing his net. He was sitting on his boat. There was no thunderstorm. There was no lightning. There was no banner on the sky. Simply what happened there was the Son of God came right next to him. And the Son of God came to him and he said, Let go of your boat. Let go of your net. Come and follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Now that was a a direct call that came upon the life of Peter and his brothers. And when Paul says, I am compelled, he's talking about his calling. Now, how was his calling? Was he sitting on the fishing boat? Yes or no? More louder. Was he sitting on the fishing boat? Was he cleaning his net? He was on his horse. He was on the road to Damascus. And in his pocket was the letter that he had signed by the authorities to put all the Christians inside the prison. And on the road to Damascus, there was a light. There was a sound. He was flattened to the ground completely. And when he was flattened, the Lord laid on his heart the calling that he had for the ministry of the Lord. You see how those calling was different? Yes or no? And that's exactly what Apostle Paul is trying to say here. I was compelled to preach the gospel. You know, when Apostle Paul says that he was compelled, I remember immediately the picture of another prophet in the Old Testament who also was compelled to preach the gospel. Can you tell me who that was? It was Jonah. It was Jonah. Because Jonah got up one fine day and he never had written on his calendar that he had to go to Nineveh. He had to go, he wanted to go to Tarshish. When the Lord had called him for the ministry as well, he thought he could outsmart God. He in fact took a ticket and he thought he would run away from God. But he was also compelled by the Lord. And the Lord of the harvest told him, where I go, you will Go. To whom I sent you, you will preach the gospel to them. This was not in the original plan of Jonah. This was not in the original plan of Paul himself. And that's why Paul says here in verse 16, I am compelled to preach the gospel the way in which the Lord himself called me. So I want you to understand very clearly, brothers and sisters. Sometimes it will be like the calling of Peter. Very decent. Very, very sober. But sometimes there might be a little bit of lightning involved in it. And it might vary from people to people. But whether the situation differs, the occasion differs, the calling from the Lord of the harvest is very, very important for each and every one of us. Now, as I say that the calling might be different according to the situation and circumstance, how can I really be sure that I'm called into a full-time ministry? Let me share three things with you and I want you to keep this in your mind. Number one, do you have the burden For those who are lost. Do you have a burden for those who are lost? Do you know of people probably in your class, in your college, in your office? For my, my, in in, in terms of those of us who are in full time. For us, our colleagues that are there in our ministry. Do we have a burden for those who are lost and are living in darkness? Let's ask ourselves that important question. Do I have a burden for those that are living in the darkness? Number two, do I have any sort of desire to reach out to those people that are there in the dark? Do I have any kind of desire to reach out to those that are living in the darkness? I know that there are people living in darkness, but do I have the desire that allows me to work on the burden that I have for those that are actually lost? Number three, Do I, by the time the Lord calls me, display those fruits while I am in the local assembly? That means until I wait for the Lord to call me into the ministry of the Lord, I will already, please listen carefully, I will already be displaying the fruit 
of a worker in the local assembly. Now listen to me very carefully. It does not mean that only the time that the Lord calls a person will he start displaying the fruit. No, it's not like that. The Lord will allow that person to be in the local assembly, to have a desire because of the burden and be able to share and be able to reach out to people. The elders of the church will notice it. The, 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 the leaders of the church will notice it and they will go to the brother or the sister and they will tell him, we see this special gifting in your life. And that is another way how the Lord will reveal to that person about his calling for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope I'm making sense, yes? And that's how Apostle Paul talks about his calling and that is how you and I need to be very careful about the calling that the Lord Jesus has in our life. Every minister of the Lord needs to have a specific calling in their life. Do we have a burden for those who are lost? Do we have a desire as a result to reach out to those that are lost? And do we already display the fruits of ministry even before the Lord calls us as he has placed us in the local assembly? Now, even though I'm talking about burden, desire and the fruit for a full-time worker, brothers and sisters, these are three qualities that should be there in every believer as well. As believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we must also have a burden for the lost. We must also have a desire to reach out to them. And the fruit must be displayed because that is the reason why God has placed us in the local assembly. It's not so that we can put in our offerings and warm our seats every Sunday, but it is also that you and I fulfill the ministry of the Lord. You know, twice in a month, the church has an outreach program. And every week when we meet, there's only about 8 or 10 of us who meet to go out and share the good news. We are a church of 200 people. Imagine if 200 of us go out and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus on the streets. Imagine the amount of change and transformation that can happen in this city of Bangalore. Imagine the number of people that would hear the gospel. Imagine the work of the Spirit in their life. Imagine if they receive the Lord Jesus Christ and they decide to come to Calvary Bible Fellowship. We would need to have a bigger hall than this. But are you and I involved in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ? Or is it that out of every Saturdays, those two Saturdays, something always comes up in my calendar. You and I need to be very sure, you and I need to be very committed, very, very sure about our calling in the Lord Jesus Christ. Every full-time worker must receive the call that comes from the Lord of the harvest. And you know what? When Apostle Paul says, I am compelled to preach the gospel, I love the testimony that the Lord himself gave about the great Apostle Paul. If you turn to Acts chapter 9, I want to read verse 15, 16. Look at what the testimony the Lord Jesus himself gave about the great Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 9, verse 15 and 16. The Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument. To carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. You see what, what the Lord himself says about this great apostle? He says, go and call him for the full-time ministry. Because I have set him apart for the specific purpose to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will show him how much he must suffer 
for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who caused a lot of Christians to suffer for the sake of the gospel will now suffer for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, is there any of you sitting here right now and I wonder if the Lord is speaking to your heart and probably letting you know that he has a desire for you in his ministry. If so, can I encourage you to wait upon the call that comes from the Lord of the harvest. In the meantime, why don't you pray that the Lord would give you a burden for those that are lost? Why don't you have a godly desire to reach out for those that are lost? And while you wait for the Lord to call you, set you apart for the ministry, why don't you display those fruits in Calvary Bible Fellowship? Every Sunday we have a brother who reads various activities that all of us can be involved in. And yet how many of us are not involved in a lot of activities that are there in our church? For every activity that could be possibly thought of, I praise and I thank God that our church has an avenue where your spiritual gifts can be displayed. The rest is up to you and is up to me. Number one, the calling from the Lord of the harvest. Number two, listen to me very carefully. We need to think of the great commission. We need to think of the great commission. Number one, the minister of the Lord thinks of the calling that comes from the Lord of the harvest. Number two, the minister of the Lord thinks of the great commission. And I want to read to you verse 17. What does he say? 1 Corinthians 9 verse 17. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. Apostle Paul talks about his basic responsibility. He thinks about his commission. He's saying, I am only doing, I am only discharging the trust that is committed to me. Brothers and sisters, listen to me carefully. All believers are called to be in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. All born again believers are called to be involved in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I take a moment and ask all of you, those of you who are born again, and those of you who are baptized and part of the local church of God, can you raise your hand? Everybody, can I see your hand up high? Put your hands down. All of you who raised your hand are called into the ministry of the Lord. If you could just turn your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, we know this verse very well. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, 19 and 20. What does he say there? Matthew 28, verse 18, 19 and 20. That Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Brothers and sisters, this is the commission. This is not a commission just for full-time workers. It is a commission for all born-again believers. If you read this commission very carefully, there are three important things that, are, uh, that the Lord Jesus stresses over here. Number one, he says, go. Number two, he says, baptize. Number three, he says, teach. All born-again believers are called to go. All born-again believers are called to baptize. All born-again believers are assigned to teach. So let me ask all of us an important question. Where should I go? Where there are no... Come on, look at that verse and tell me. Where should I go? Where there are no disciples. I should go to places where there are no disciples. If I know of a place that is unreached, that there is no one soul, then the calling of the Lord, where the, harvest of the, the, the Lord of the harvest calls you to set your life apart to go there. 
and make disciples. In your offices, probably it's along with your work, but even there, the Lord desires you to go and make disciples. Not friends, not acquaintances, not people that you can just hang out with on the weekends, but you are called by God to make disciples. Number two, baptize. Who are we supposed to baptize? We are supposed to baptize only those who receive the message of the gospel and respond to it in the repentance of their sins. And the disciples of the Lord Jesus are to baptize all who receive the gospel, repent as a result of the gospel. They are supposed to be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, to those who go and make disciples, to the disciples that by repentance and baptism are supposed to be clearly and evidently taught from the word of God. So can I ask all of us an important question? Do we do these three things in our Christian lives, my brothers and sisters? Do we go to places where there is no gospel? Do we, do we reach out to people in our offices and tell them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we talk to people in our schools, in our colleges? Do, do people know, around me know that I am a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I tell them the importance of the repentance of their sin and the obedience of the Lord's commandment through the waters of baptism? And to such a person do I exclusively teach the scriptures that come from God. I preach because I am simply discharging the trust that is committed to me. You look at that word committed that, is, that appears there in verse 17, right? It is like the Lord desires that we will fulfill the commitment that we have with Him. That we will share the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we talk about the Great Commission, Apostle Paul uses another word in his, in his letters. He uses the word set apart. Apostle Paul uses the word set apart to talk about the commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we read three important verses? And I want you to help me out reading those verses loudly and clearly and strictly from the NIV. Okay? Number one. Can somebody turn with me to Galatians chapter 1 verse 15? Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. Yes. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 15. Okay, NSB also. No KJV. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh. Verse 16. Okay. Okay, that's enough. You look at what it says. He's talking about all, not only about himself, but about all born-again believers. I have been set apart. Brothers, let me ask you. Sisters, let me ask you on the basis of the verse. When were we set apart? When were we set apart? Louder. From the time that I was? I was born. All born-again believers have been set apart by God at birth. And you read verses 17. It is set apart for the exclusive purpose of sharing the gospel. And therefore nobody sitting here can say that I am not called. That this is not my responsibility. No, brothers and sisters. Even before you were born, the Lord has set you apart for one specific purpose. And that is to preach the gospel. Another verse that we will read. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. Romans chapter 1 and verse 1. And 2 as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. Paul, an apostle who has been set 
apart. So I was set apart the time I was born. And I've been set apart right now for the specific task of sharing the good news. Of sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am set apart in this world among the people living in darkness so that I can share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. One more verse. Acts chapter 13 and verses 2. Acts chapter 13 and verses 2. Yes. Okay, so that's enough. Now you look at what Apostle Paul says over here. While they were praying and fasting, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to them and said, Set apart me, Paul and, uh, and Barnabas, for the special task that I have assigned to them. Now I want to explain this very carefully. It is the duty of every born-again believer to share the gospel. It is the duty of every full-time worker also to share the gospel. But there is also a reason as to why the Lord will specifically call you into full-time ministry. Along with sharing the gospel. Now if you look at Apostle Paul, his primary task was to share the gospel. But the Lord has called him into full-time ministry also to plant churches. Also to write the epistles. Also so that he can preach and teach. So that because of his ministry, many, many churches were established in that part. And that was the specific task that the Lord had assigned to Paul and to Barnabas. Other than sharing the... Other than sharing the... Come on, say it louder. Other than sharing the the gospel. And for any of us who are in full time, the same thing applies to us. Our primary calling by the Lord into ministry is to share the gospel. But the Lord will also specifically call us that only we can understand when we spend time with him in prayer, in fasting, and in the study of the Lord. Maybe the Lord will call particular people into missionary work. To go to a place that, not, that has never been reached, to stay with them, to eat like them, to dress like them, so that he, they could preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result of the gospel, many would come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Maybe some people will call people specifically into a translation ministry. People who are good with the languages. People who can speak many languages. That they can read the word of God. Translate it into the language that is not there. And spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Probably it's jail ministry. Probably it's, it's, it can be various kinds of ministry. Or probably it's Bible teaching. But I want us to understand that our primary goal is to preach The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. For that reason, we have been set apart. We have been set apart at birth. We have been set apart just to speak the gospel. We have been set apart for the gospel. But there is another reason, another task that the Lord has entrusted to me. For the reason which I am in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul is talking about his calling. He realizes the calling that he had. He did not have a simple calling like Peter or the other disciples. He was flattened. He was on the ground, on his knees, and that was how he was called for the ministry. He talks of the Great Commission. How the Great Commission is entrusted not only to full-time workers, but to every born-again believer. We are called, brothers and sisters, set apart, brothers and sisters, simply to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply just to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, Apostle Paul talks of the compensation, the reward in verse 18. 
He talks of the compensation, the reward in verse 18. Look at what he says in verse 18. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge and so not make use of my rights in preaching. Apostle Paul not only talks about his calling, he not only talks of the great commission, but he talks about the compensation, the reward for sharing the gospel. The reward for sharing the gospel, he says, is not momentary blessings. It is not the money that comes to my bank. But it is the joy that he has in giving it free of cost, because that is how he freely received it. You know, there is the song that we often sing, God forgave my sin in Jesus' name. If you know it, say it along with me. I've been... Born again in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I come to thee to talk of his love as he told me to. He said, freely, freely you have received. Therefore, freely, freely give. Go in my name and because you believe, others will know that I. And that's exactly what Apostle Paul says here. He says, I don't put a price for the gospel because momentary gain is not my reward. It is the joy to see me sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, not knowing whether they will receive. And when I reach the presence of the Lord, probably there will be so many who would come up to me and they would tell me, brother, sister, thank you so much that you took time to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when the great Billy Graham passed away, I'm sure you saw that photo that was passed on on WhatsApp, right? The, The picture where Billy Graham, there's a carton of Billy Graham standing outside heaven and he's got his Bible in his arm. And there were hundreds of people and, it, and, and there's a person uh, with the face of, I mean, a person who represents Jesus standing outside of heaven saying, Billy, there are so many inside waiting to thank you for sharing the gospel with them. How many people would thank us when we reach the presence of the Lord for taking time to share the gospel? That should be our reward. I might not even know how to share the gospel and that's fine, my brother and sister. Do you know how to stretch out your hand? Well, the next time you stretch out your hand, why don't you put a tract over there and then give it out? Even if you find that difficult, put super glue over here, put the tract and then just extend your hand. That's enough. That's all we need to do is to share the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let that be your reward. But can I make a very honest statement? And I hope you understand the gist of what I'm trying to say here. Only someone who truly understands his own forgiveness of sin, will be willing to go and share that same forgiveness with others who are living in darkness. I will say that again. Only someone who has really realized their own forgiveness of sin, as a result of that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, will be willing to go out and share the same gospel that was freely given to him. And Paul says, that is my reward. He says, I can see the change that is there in the life of the believers. We saw that in chapter 9 as well, verses 1, verses 2. You know, for you are the seal of my apostleship. I can see the ministry that I have done in your lives because of the preaching of the gospel. I can see the change that is there in your life because I took the time and the effort to share the gospel. And brothers and sisters, can I encourage us to think of the reward? I'm not talking about the crowns that we are going to get. But think of the joy that will come to your face in your life when you know that the effort that you have taken has caused changes in the lives of so many people that are there living in this world. Let that be your reward. 
I want to read a verse to a verse for us from the Gospels. It's very interesting. If you turn to the Gospel of John, chapter four, quickly turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter four, and verse thirty-six. The Gospel of John, chapter four, and verse thirty-six. I'll read that verse for you. It says, "Even now, the reaper draws his wages. Even now, he harvests the crops for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together." Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. We are talking about two kinds of people doing the exact same work: the sower and the reaper. The sower goes forward and he sows the gospel into the soil. He does not even know where those seeds will fall. Those seeds might fall into a good soil, into a rocky ground. Probably he who is sowing might not receive the uh, might not receive uh, might not help those people to come into salvation. But he might prepare the way. And then here comes the reaper. The reaper also shares the gospel. and when he shares those people will receive the gospel and they will come into the saving knowledge of the lord jesus christ but at the judgment day of the lord jesus christ it is not that the sower will stand aside the sower and the reaper will come together and they will reap the benefits for what they have done so let us not sow the gospel thinking that we need 10 people to accept the lord no our only responsibility is to sow maybe i might sow and somebody else might reap but ultimately because of my sharing of the gospel and your reaping another person accepts the lord jesus christ he comes into the saving knowledge of the lord we go into the presence and you and i together will receive the reward and the lord is calling us brothers and sisters to be sowers and reapers of the gospel of the lord jesus christ all of us know the the, the great story of jim elliot right Jim Elliot for so many years along with four of his friends wanted to evangelize that village where the cannibals were living. Did he succeed? No, he didn't. But he was a sower. After circling that place for years and years and years, finally they thought that they had got Naxos and Jim and four of his friends went to that place. But as they got out of the plane, the sight that greeted them were those cannibals coming to them with spears and all five of them lost their life even without one word of the gospel being shared. But he had prepared the way for whom? For his wife, many many years later to come, share the gospel and reap souls for the lord jesus christ you and i or many people of this world might think that he would have wasted his life but no when he receive when he goes into the eternal presence of the lord he will receive the reward for preparing the way for the gospel to be shared and elizabeth uh, the wife of uh, jim elliot has written in her book that when all of them came to the lord she even one day sat down with the chief of that village who had murdered her own husband and she was able to break bread with him that's the reward that apostle paul talks of to be able to sit with people like that to receive the forgiveness that comes completely from god to enjoy what it means to be in fellowship with your brothers and sisters that is the reward someone else might sow someone else might reap but that is not what matters to us to see lives being changed people receiving the gospel of the lord jesus christ being added into the church of the lord should be our reward 
uh, I know of an elderly uh, ev- an elderly evangelist uh, a couple a husband and wife who are in full time ministry and once upon a time they were called for uh, a family conference to speak at a family conference and there were three couples that had come to speak to the audience that day and this elderly couple was sitting on one side and there was a, a younger couple that sat in the center and another couple sitting on the other side and they were taking sessions for all the people who had come there and at towards the end of the conference or some so to, towards the end of the meeting each of the couples were asked to share their testimony as to how they came into the ministry or how they were saved and the younger couple that was sitting in the center the wife she got up and she was saying that there used to be one person you remember back in the days in bangalore we had this 25 paise yellow postcard or oh, some of you just came to bangalore now okay we used to have these 25 paise yellow color postcards and this elder and this and this evangelist this elderly evangelist used to write the gospel message on that yellow, uh, 25 paise postcard and every day he would post about 10 to 15 of them in different different houses he would go to a particular house because he knew a particular boy who was studying in clarence who was staying in that house and he wanted that boy to hear the gospel so he would faithfully write the gospel and post it into that house so that that boy in that house would read it and he would accept the lord jesus christ that boy never read it his sister picked it up read it and she accepted the lord jesus christ and that was this younger couple that was sitting here in the center and this elderly evangelist had absolutely no clue can you imagine the joy that he had when she was sharing this she was saying thank you brother for posting that because my brother never read it but i was always faithful to take that and read it because of what i read i received the lord jesus christ as my personal lord and savior wow that is the reward let me share one more example with you just for our encouragement most of you know that i have two older brothers the brother in the center the middle one he is hearing impaired he cannot hear and he cannot talk uh, and because of which when we were growing up we all learned sign language i know how to talk sign language because of my the fact that my brother can't hear and i can't talk i remember i once traveled to ba- to to pune uh, for a specific meeting and because i was there at that point of time i was invited to go for a wedding and i was very unwell at that point of time and i didn't have any desire to go for the wedding because i was i had high temperature the only thought that was there in my mind was to go back home and i kept telling myself that i don't want to go but i kept feeling a, a desire a, a push that came saying go for the wedding and then i went and as we as i entered the wedding there was this uncle that i knew that i that i spoke to who knew my family and he talked to me and he took me to the side and he said i want to talk to you i was hoping that you would come today my niece has come for the wedding and she cannot hear and she cannot talk would you have a word with her i can tell you i was not interested at that point of time because i was very unwell but then i said okay i will and i sat down with her and in the midst of the entire audience there were two um, not the audience entire people who were eating the kebab and all that stuff i was sitting in the corner with her and we were conversing in sign language and i asked her what's your name where are you from and i asked her, do you read the bible and then she said yeah i read but i don't understand anything she said can you tell me what the bible is all about and i said the bible says god loves you and she said really and i showed her the verse you should see the excitement that was there on her face god loves me do you know that you are a sinner no i didn't know that can you show me and i showed her where it says that we are all sinners i am a sinner do you agree that jesus christ died uh, do you agree that there are things that you do that god does not like and she admitted yeah i am a sinner i said do you know that jesus is the only way i showed her the verse and she said yes 
I said, would you like to receive the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? And then she said, right now, over here, because everybody's watching us. I said, you know, about 2,000 years back, when the entire world was watching, this same God died for your wretched sins on the cross. And then she said, I would like to. And a deaf and dumb girl in a wedding hall on that day accepted the Lord Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. I went out and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for my, for my ill-receptive heart that I was not ready, to rece- not ready to share the gospel because of my illness. But the joy that I had to, to, to help a sister who can't hear and talk to come into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine the joy that comes to your life when you share the good news with someone and you see them turning from darkness into the marvelous light. You know why that joy comes? Because you realize how much it means to you to have the Lord Jesus forgive you of your wretched sin. A person who's never experienced that will never find the joy of sharing the good news with someone else. So what is the gospel ministry? What is the message of the gospel, my brothers and sisters? As somebody once famously said, the gospel is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find where to find bread, where to find food. Can we all remind ourselves that once upon a time we were also wretched and wicked and blind and on our way to eternal damnation and how one person, or probably a VBS session or probably a camp, that we heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that gospel saved me not because of what I can do but simply because of what Christ has done for me on the cross. This table that reminds us of his body and his blood. Broken not because I deserve it but simply because that is the character of God in my life. And if you and I have freely received the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, how then can you and I keep this gospel with us? Shouldn't we go forth, my brothers and sisters, and share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? And I wonder if there is any of us sitting here and if the Lord is specifically calling you for a specific task that he desires of you in your life. Please do not go back empty-handed. Respond to the calling of the Lord of the harvest. What about the Great Commission, my brothers and sisters? Do you and I take the effort to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Like I've been reminding us over and over again. Only if we receive, understand the true forgiveness that comes from God, will we share. If that burden is not there, can I encourage you to go back and think as to why that burden is not there in your life. Because every born again believer are called for the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And think of the compensation. The reward. It's not the momentary blessings. It's not even the crown. But what somebody took the effort to share with me because of the joy that I enjoy today, I desire to see that in someone else's life. Imagine the people that are dying daily without hearing the gospel. Imagine the people in your class, in our offices, people that are there, people who are our neighbors, our Uber drivers. Imagine if they go to eternal damnation. After us stepping out of, the, of their cab, you and I will be responsible for them being in eternal damnation once and for all. Can you imagine the look that they would have when they see us entering into heaven and wondering why we did not take that effort to share the gospel? The gospel message is this, my brothers and sisters. 
that I was a sinner, Jesus died for my sins, and those who believe on the Lord, he gives them eternal life. And if there is any of you sitting here who has not yet accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, if there is any of you sitting here who has fooled yourself into thinking that you are a child of God, can I ask you, stop fooling yourselves, open your heart, and ask the Lord to come and live in. The Bible very clearly states to those who call upon the Lord, to them he has given them the privilege to be called his children. And I hope and I pray that all of us are very sure of the fact that we are the holy children of a holy God. Can I ask all of us to close our eyes and bow our head? The only reason I'm asking you to close your eyes and bow your head is so that you will not be distracted by anything else that's happening in and around you. But as you close your eyes and as you bow your head, can I ask you to examine your own life right now? Apostle Paul says that he was compelled to preach the gospel. He's talking about how he was called for the ministry of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, what about your life? Is the Lord having a specific calling for you in your life? Can we think about the Great Commission? Whether the Lord calls you for the ministry or not, I want us to understand that all of us are called for his ministry. It is our responsibility to share the good news. We were set apart at birth. We were set apart for the gospel. And we have been set apart for a specific task. Brothers and sisters, what is the compensation that we have for the ministry of the Lord? Do we not desire to see changes in the lives of others that are still living in darkness? Do you desire to see changes in your own life? If there is any of you sitting here who has never asked the Lord Jesus to come and live into your life, can you take a moment, open your heart and ask the Lord Jesus to live inside you? If you have already asked the Lord Jesus to come and live into your heart, can you ask yourself, what is your commitment towards the ministry in Calvary Bible Fellowship? The Lord has not asked you here just to be a member to come on Sundays and participate of the Lord's table. The Lord has entrusted the great task of the gospel. Something that you did not deserve, but God sent his son to show that gospel to you in your life. Would you be willing to share that gospel with others? We will pray and close. But before we pray, can I ask each and every one of you to examine your own lives. And whatever is there in your heart, you can pray that. And then we will pray and close. Father Lord, we want to thank you for the word that we have heard today. We pray that just as James says that we will not only be hearers of the word and so fool ourselves, we will do what the word of God says. So would you give us the grace to put into practice what we've heard right now. If there is any of my friends who have not yet accepted you, I pray that the gospel message would work clear in their heart. And for all of us who are saved, enable us to recommit our lives for the ministry of the Lord. Father, we lay down all of our excuses before thy feet and we say that we do not want to make excuses again. Give us the grace and the burden and the desire to fulfill our spiritual gifts. And that is the reason why you have called us into your ministry. Thank you. In your precious name we pray.